fire up. I'm proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Dead steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale. As they G'day Chris, g'day listeners. Look, uh, I like to get fired up each week and rugby league definitely is the source of that. But when I hear the blue Danube, who doesn't love a waltz? And isn't it calming? Doesn't it take you back to the great Stanley Kubrick's Doesn't Opus it? 2001? And, how, and how, how peaceful, how tranquil does that make? Wellness, Chris, wellness. It really does the job, doesn't it? And you've seen Barbie, Stephen? I have seen Barbie. The opening sequence apparently was referring to, referencing 2001. I couldn't see it. I couldn't make the connection, but I'm, a, I'm not as good as you. <laughs> I did see that. So many layers, Chris. Whoa. Too many layers. It's like a cake you can't get through. Is there a podcast in the Barbie Onion? I'm sure there are many podcasts. If we look, Chris, this is about rugby league, though. And, you know, I started the weekend with hope. God, I'm a fool. There I was walking towards the SCG, walking the Tibicotta Bridge on the Thursday, and uh, I noticed and I thought the Roosters must have done it for me because there were red, white, and blue lights sparkling after the Tibicotta under the palm trees, the date palms. I'm thinking, what a grand night, what a grand place to be. Crickets. Nobody there. <laughs> Until I got to the front of the gate. Okay, come in, sir, come in, you know. And you were there. I was there, Stephen. First of all, your first error was trying to walk over the Tibby Cotter Bridge because it's been made clear to me that it's for cyclists only. Ah, uh, no it's, sign there. It's part of a cycling route. Right, right. right. It's not for pedestrians. Just walk over that sort of rectangular number near the high school. It's still a mystery, though. Secondly, did you mistakenly walk in the direction of Allianz Stadium only to literally find crickets? You couldn't find the Roosters emblem no, or anything because no. of the Women's Football World well, Cup? Well, somebody wise to me said, look, these lights aren't really for you. They'll put there for the World Cup, the FIFA World Cup, which I, lo- I watched last night and I'd like to mention pretty soon. Um, and they just changed it to red, white and blue on the occasion of... Thursday night with the Roosters versus Manly. Now, I, I don't know if the Roosters are mathematically still struggling for their existence in the top eight or whether Manly still had a chance. Could well, you inform me on that? both teams are mathematically possible. Right. But based on the assessment of the draws, Manly are shot and Roosters are one game or one loss away from oblivion. Right. And I had the pleasure of sitting next to Brett Oaten and discussing all things rugby league and music, as we do, as we've always what, done. What a beautiful moment. It must take you back to a, a time when the show was more fun to do and a lot funnier. Yeah, that's right. You're right, Chris. I was nostalgic um, 
there I was looking at you, looking at your breath, thinking, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just great to have little party pies, sausage rolls. Um, what else did you have, Chris? Nice night out for you? Uh, well, there were a, a couple of uh, sliders early on. It yes. was via the agency of Venues New South Wales Supremo, Stephen Gorry. Yes, thank you very much, Stephen. And it was tremendous hospitality. And mm. it's great to see what the Toffs do. Yeah. You know, I mean, you are literally kilometres away from the action. Yep. And I, fortunately, there <laughs> yeah. was a, a monitor then I wouldn't have been able to keep up but there yeah. were you know the usual captains of industry and yes. uh you know influencers and movers and shakers and they were all in the boxes around us yes we, we just had a bunch of nobodies sitting with us pretty much plenty of passion though chris lots of emotion my friend jr i think you saw yeah. in full flight Stephen. i think the fear of losing does that <laughs> don't you reckon we, we know that it also comes off a huge uh diet of victory over many years that sort of creates expectations in roosters fans that certainly you and i don't well, well, look, talking about he's given up. Given up? Yes, he's, he's, he's in our camp now where we, we don't feel the pain so much anymore. He, he also tipped the rabbits to win the premiership, so I don't know if he was watching the game at Optus <laughs> Stadium on the weekend, but I'm not sure about that. He's obviously not a betting man, really, is he, at <laughs> no, heart? <no. laughs> so that was the SCG. That was fun. Of course, man, he lost, and uh, the Chooks go on to dream. They do go on to dream. Mm-hmm. Now, another team that I did watch a game, d- delightful like. Seriously, after the 25th anniversary special uh, from Melbourne Storm and, and, and all the, 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 the wonderful entertainment that came with it, including those fraudulent trophies, it was just great to see them brought back to earth by Penrith Panthers. Now, I know you don't like the Clearies. Uh, that would be an understatement. And, and it's more directed at Ivan rather than Nathan. I mean, you can't help your family. I've certainly learned that over the years. <laughs> and and uh, I don't love Nathan. No. But I certainly don't like Ivan. Right. They're doing something right. Now they're called three-peat winners, of course, because they're going for the big one. And they well, do not yet. Well, I know, but they look pretty close to it, don't they? Is there a perfect rugby league team? They're nearly it. Yes, they're very much on course, aren't they? And they build through the season, Stephen, slightly yeah. slow at the beginning of the season. Yes. You know, they uh, weathered origin extremely Stumbled well. during the origin, yes. And, you know, apparently Nathan hurt his hamstring, so he uh, was off rep duties and got fresh like he did last year yes. when he dropped a Parramatta player on his head. <laughs> Kennedy Charrington style. No so, forgiveness, is there? No. So, uh, yes, they are. Um, can I say, Stephen, and this is a, another expression that I've coined, but I'm probably going to have to walk away from this joke going forward because Brian Fletcher was... What, after this? Yeah, because Brian Fletcher was cracking this same, similar joke on the uh, Matty John show on Sunday. But uh, the phrase I've coined and trademarked is, Penrith, they're the team to beat. Are they just? Yeah. Well, they certainly showed it against Melbourne, and Melbourne looked ridiculous at the time. And uh, they, uh, I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, we'll talk, maybe I'll talk about this a bit later. Uh, and they're now referring to you, I mean the West Tigers, as two Pete two Spooners. It doesn't roll off the tongue that well, does it? No, no. I think the thing about three Pete and repeat, you know, that kind of uh, I works. get it. So I think it just should be repeat Spooners, and it looks... Uh, repeat Spooners. crushingly inevitable. A weekend of disappointment, Chris. Now, we have gone through this. I want to know, uh, We first of all, I want to apologise to all the wellness exponents around the country that we've disparaged the last six months, if not longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, those in the industry of, of, of how to, are you okay? You know, mental health, etc., etc. Because uh, we have to find ways to deal with failure over and over again. Of course, blame is a component of that. We blame the referee. All weekend, we've been blaming the referee. St. George of Loros, you lost. Uh, how do you handle that, Chris? What's your what's your what's your go to sort of response? Okay, there's a couple of things to unpack here, Stephen. Yeah. First of all, you mentioned blaming referees, and of course, the the wonderful Gus Wallen's Gotcha for Life campaign was in full effect. He was trotting the field the other day. He was. He was looking for money, I think, wasn't he? He was, and we were very happy to contribute from our our box of nobodies. 
Um, and once again, thank you to Venues New South Wales boss, Supremo, <laughs> Stephen Gorry. How much do we love him? Uh, enormously. Mm. And uh, there were, in both those games that you highlighted, uh, aspects of what became one really confusing aspect of the refereeing over the weekend, Stephen, and that yeah. was the crackdown when you're not having a crackdown. Yes. So we saw Nathan Brown, after 30 seconds, marched uh, for a, a careless tackle. Is that the first send-off of the year? No, second. Second, there okay. was a, there was a, The first send-off of the year was in round two. I, yeah. Can't recall exactly who it was or what it was for. And then there are head shakes of disbelief coming from the media. Including Robbo, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, that's not a send-off. And, and it was echoed the following day when Mo Fotoeka was dismissed from the Titans v Warriors game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was confusion and blame being directed at referees there, which you know affects your mental state. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Storms v Panthers. Yes. Jerome Luai, yeah. who did appear to leave his feet yeah. to get anywhere near the scone of your favourite player, Nelson Asafa-Solomona. Big Nelson. Yeah, but he only got a fine because, as the evil Ivan himself said, it was like a little fly trying to attack a giant. Right. Andre the Giant, right. there's this little gnat fly yep. leaping up trying to hug his head. Right. So Not deemed harmful in any way at all. So... First of all, there's confusion. I think we're going to go on to describe the angst that we experience about the other aspect of the referees yes. and referees' decisions in a moment. But basically, Stephen, I also want to thank the wellness gurus. Yes. I probably got through about 15 self-help books in the last week. Yes. Uh, following, the, well, in fact, the last couple of days after Has the, Hillsong come into play well, yet? Well... Not quite. Well, no. I'm still waiting for the Houston verdict. Chris, you are imperfect. <laughs> and hence, based on uh, yeah. what we learned, um, and Ubuntu to everyone. Yes. And thank you. And I'm very thankful for this, Stephen. This, yes. I'm thankful for this podcast. You were telling me because the, the little boy who, who was saying this was talking about shoes. You've had your shoes modified recently. Correct. This. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got the orthotics. Yes. Gave me a huge pain in the foot, like a pain in my heart. But, right. But as a result, I'm listening, to, listening regularly to the Imperfects podcast featuring Hugh Van Kylenberg, who, of course, along with Billy Slater, has turned around the fortunes of the Queensland Maroons. So um, I think we might have been a little bit disparaging. Can I just backpedal again? We talk about all these people like the Whisperer, your mate, the Coach Whisperer, yeah. etc. and this fellow Hugh uh, from the Imperfects. Yeah. Uh, Penrith don't have anybody ad- advise them, do they, in that, that fashion? Well, we've got, we the, know of. we've got the real world, Stephen. Oh, yes. We've got the understood natural order of things. Yes. And for someone like you and me... You're talking uh, as an immaterial world? Well, yes, that's right. If you go to the wellness uh, industry and actually take it seriously, yeah. as I now am, given right. how much defeat I've been suffering lately, I benefit. But when you're really desperate, when your whole sense of <laughs> worth and your identity and your raison d'etre... I'm quivering already, Chris. ...is around victory, you go to the dark arts. Ah, the dark arts, exactly. And we all know that Cameron... Can you believe Cameron Smith retired... Sorry, Cameron... Smith. ...retired in 2020 in the early times of the pandemic. Doesn't feel like it to me. Right. And we we, we see the evil um, writ large in the Melbourne Storms repeatedly, as echoed by reeling out a couple of replica trophies down at Marvel Stadium uh, the previous weekend. Uh, Lucifer has to keep finding... Feed the furnace, Stephen. Something to do. Right. And, of course, Lucis of his agent in the form of Cameron Smith. Uh, I just want to go to the Faustian tale, Stephen. <laughs> Chris, can I just say, I think, are you okay? I think you need a little bit of help. This is getting conspiracy theorists at the highest level. I understand. It's getting close to Donald Trump. I was understanding on the back end of the Melbourne Storms victory in 2020, yeah. there was a high-level meeting between Ivan Cleary <laughs> and Cameron Smith <laughs> And a, a certain transaction was done. I know you smelt sulfur. That's right. Yes. Uh, it was a pitchfork. Right. You know, subsequently we've Fire. seen 
Can I describe? You remember when Ivan blew kisses at the Tigers fan? Yes, I, I, how could I forget? A solar, you keep reminding me. A solus act. Right. <laughs> from a solus man who has sold his soul right. in order for the exchange. So this Penrith victory, Stephen. Nobody has come to us, though. Like, hello, dear St. George fans, dear West Tigers fans. Would you be willing to sign your soul over for a win? Even the devil can't work miracles, Stephen. <laughs> I mean, Cameron Smith had a look at the Penrith Rugby League Academy and said, I can work with this I man. I can deal with this. So it's no doubt Concord, in my mind. He went to Concord Years ago, said, nah, not going to do it. <laughs> out of my mind that <laughs> right. Ivan Cleary right. uh, will eventually experience yeah. consequences. Yeah. Uh, dear, oh dear. Okay, so let's get to your game. You played Canberra and you were robbed. Well, <laughs> I heard two forward passes minimum. Is that correct? I didn't watch the game. Well, the first Canberra try came uh, the ruck after um, the germ junior, Zach Wolford, had shoveled a pass forward to his uh, uh, runner. And that came off the agency of a forward pass in the previous ruck. But the real killer was Sebastian Chris. And by the way, I love the way that kid spells his name. Uh, Was uh, put through a gap on the sideline that was very much via a dramatically forward pass in full view of the touch judge, Stephen. And Graham Annesley has come out and apologised. And yet Jack Whiten was imploring to the referee, if not abusing the referee. Was he not, Chris? Well... At the end of the game, as uh, in desperation, Appy Corusau put up a kick and David Nofaluma, had he caught it, would have scored his 101st try for the Tigers and put us with a chance of uh, kicking a conversion to win the game. Fortunately, it bounced over Nofaluma's head and he kept it in play and it was caught by Stafford Toa. And Jack Whiten came and bundled Stafford into touch but collected his scone on the way. <laughs> so the penalty was issued. Scone with jam and, and cream. And, and Jack Whiten goes, you're really trying hard to win this game for them, aren't he you, referee? He said that to Peter, Peter Goff. Goff. He said that to Goff. Yeah, despite the forward passes, yeah. which Annesley's apologised right. for. Isn't that illegal in rugby league? What, hitting people in the head? No. Well, I don't know, based on what happened <laughs> with the crackdown this week. Well, talking to the referee like that certainly is. And that should have been a send-off. Yes, but unlike Reese Walsh, she didn't call him a Michael Lucking Carmichael Hunt. Right. Okay. Just kept the language clean. Uh, okay. So then we have my team and Ryan Carr, the interim coach, of course, who's struggling with little losses every week. I don't know if they're more or less painful. Chris, I can't tell you. Can I, can I just interrupt and say, Ivan Cleary is visibly ageing because of the deal that he's made oh, with the course. devil. Yeah. Ryan Carr is visibly ageing just because he's the interim coach of St. George Illawarra. <laughs> he's only there for like two, like two months. <laughs> he's been there for about six Poor weeks. Bugger. He looks like a shocker. Poor bugger. Dorian Gray comes to mind, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. The other way around. Now, he is crying, well, screaming, bellowing at the the referees in the bunker, and he's saying, at the announcement or the press conference, he said, don't talk to me, bring them down here. I don't, I don't have an answer. Talk to them. Now, isn't that sedition? Isn't that revolutionary if you say, <laughs> why don't we get Annesley or, you know, Mrs Badger to come down here and answer your questions because I can't answer them. So this was uh, off the back of the Dragons who threw Michaeli Ravalawa four tries. Four uh, tries. Come on, and that wasn't celebrated. That's such a tragedy. <laughs> it, it, well, it'll be forgotten. It'll be forgotten. I've almost forgotten. <laughs> yeah. uh, you were um, sailing towards victory at Combat Stadium yeah. and uh, Jacob Little was uh, stripped of the ball by King Guffo, whose hair is um, starting to return. Seriously, what is going on with him? And why is Parramatta so good on the dummy half salute? Why are they always looking for the penalty? They may all have uh, had some instruction from Jake Friend, who used to be an expert at it. Jake Friend, who's apparently heavily respected inside the uh, chook pen. And has a plumbing business. And a plumbing business. He's not sure whether to give up the plumbing business for a self-respecting job. You've seen how much money plumbers make. It's more than an assistant coach, I can tell you. Uh, And so that should have been a try, and that got uh, Carr really, really hot under the collar. Right, right. 
Anyway, he, it was all about a strip, correct? Yeah. Hand and, on the ball, strip, and, and, ball comes down, free to play, right, play so, on. So he's gone to, and everyone goes there eventually, well, I mean, the ref should do a press conference, right? But yes. it's one thing for the refs who are at the game, Yes. Uh, but it's a little bit more difficult around bunker decisions because they're, of course, at Everly, yeah. at the technology park. And what happens is the current NRL approach is that Graham Annesley, based on the fact that, and this was, by the way, Stephen, what we're talking about here is lower teams on the ladder do not experience the rub of the green. They do not. The rub of the green. Right. And this is... This is, this is um, Darwin's theory, isn't it? It's evolution. He evolution. actually, in the Origin of the Species... If you're weak, you get phased out genetically, correct. yes. And he actually, there is a chapter in Origin of the Species about the rub of the green in rugby league. Is, there, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is what we're experiencing. Canberra throws the ball forward, Tigers lose. Right. Dragons get to the front, stripped by Gutho, yeah. Dragons lose. Okay. And so what the NRL is doing at the moment is Graham Annesley, every Monday... <laughs> And it looks so like it look, it's always online. And it looks like he's speaking to an audience, but there's yeah. no one there, yeah, right? Yeah. And he just wheels out the apologies. Now, he knows, first of all, which team's going to lose. There's a boilerplate, right? Yeah, because yeah. of the rubber of the green. Yeah. And we know it's forward passes, hip drops, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's apologised basically for every mistake the referees can possibly make human. over the history of rugby league and the human. Yes. So I think what the NRL should do is simply front load yeah. the Annesley press conference, yes. actually have it. Ready to go for each game. Audience participation? Can we put in our own words? Well, no. No. No, it'll just be okay, there's been a strip. Yeah. Uh, they hit the buttons. The, the chat GTP will come into. Um, yes. It, GPT, I should say, should come into operation. Yeah. And it'll just be a little bit like, you know, on your car. Yeah. Turn right here at Sunderland Highway, right? Yeah. And it'll be go, we apologize for yeah. the incorrect strip penalty to. On St George Illawarra, and and the whole thing will um, satisfy everybody because NRL will be owning it straight after the game. None of it will be live. No, no, it'll all have been pre-recorded. Isn't it always refreshing that even a new coach, an interim coach, an aging interim coach, can always find a new way to answer uh, the journalists? Often there's only just one journalist these days because they can't be bothered asking questions. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, what did uh, Ryan Carr, the interim coach, said? Look, you just Google strip. I'm thinking about it. I don't want to blow up and create massive controversy because I'm, I'm sick of talking about it. But maybe they have to come down and sit here and answer you guys. Like, I have to do a press conference and you ask me. I don't know the answer. So maybe they should come down and sit here and answer the questions for you so everyone in the whole world can understand why that wasn't a try. Uh, you Google strip and it's hand on the ball, <laughs> strips it out, and it's play on, man. It's, it's a try every day of the week. Seconds and he had to toddle off. Sands off, sands off. Brown 
Lord was sent off. Have an early shower, go and get washed. There is no way that is a send-off. Why was that a send-off in the current climate? Did Ash get it wrong? High shots can do some harm. Yeah. But a send has been sufficient all year long. Robbo says if the goalposts have moved, they really should have got it approved. The goalposts have moved tonight. But Nathan Brown was not alone. On Friday night, Moeki Furuweku was gone. That's two in a row. Look out. Uh-oh. Everybody knows where this goes. Crack down, crack down. Looks like a crack down. They sent off Fatu Waker and they sent off Nathan Brown. Track down, track down, looks like the track down. Everybody loves a crack down. Definitely looks to be a crack down of sorts. Felix says there's no crack down, it's just coincidence. Yeah. The next night Fatu Waker was gone, the Akoda was sent for 10. Yeah. Jerome Luai was lucky to stay on the field. Oh. Tonight, all you like Felix, but boy, this show feels like a crack down, crack down, feels like. Crack down, just like you did two years ago in Crackdown Magic Round. Crack down, crack down, on Nathan Brown. Everybody loves a crack down. Everybody loves a crack down. Everybody loves a crack down. Chris, uh, one thing I did notice at the Penrith Panthers game at uh, Blue Bet was when they cut to the try celebrations, it was surrounded by um, young Penrith Panther fans, female fans, having the time of their lives on thinking, that's the future of rugby league. Well, we all know that the FIFA World Cup is uh, doing exactly the same thing, multiplied by over 100 so for young female Australian footy fans. It's a war for hearts, minds and their talents, Stephen. Yes. Now, I watched last night and, you know... Chris, do they understand that scoring points is great? <laughs> do, they, do they get that? Are they not good enough to score a few more points? I go 25 minutes before a point is scored. And I did notice that uh, the phrase over and over again that the Matildas were absorbing the pressure. Mm. No, no, no. They were hanging in there. <laughs> just barely. And then they finally won through. I'm sensing you don't really understand the beautiful game, Stephen, but that's all right. You're not, I, I, you're not expected to. I think to. it's a participatory game. I think it's a great game <laughs> to run around and feel the, uh, to watch. It's like pulling teeth sometimes, I think. I actually went out to the round-robin fixture at the Sydney Football Stadium, or as I like to refer to it, Allianz, <laughs> uh, where uh, plucky Panama yeah. took on a, uh, a ferocious France and went down ultimately 6-3. to three. And I was taken out by former RLPA boss Supremo, David Gunzi. Right. It was great. It was actually great to see all the young female fans absolutely attaching to the sport. Um, uh, rugby league should be panicking. AFL should be panicking. David did say, though, that we need to back off on the rugby union stuff. We do. We do what, on the show. Oh, yeah. Okay, and right. I said, look, I, I will once I work out what he's talking about. <laughs> and, and just ironically, I just, sorry. Are we talking rugby union? Yeah. <laughs> and just coincidentally. Did they not lose again? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if only someone had reported it. Yes. But um, I will promise that we will back off. But just coincidentally, I saw a, an ad for Ariel Williams in the uh, papers on the surprise, weekend. Surprise, surprise, Chris. Pictures including in Ariel Williams gear, Nick Farr Jones, Mark Eller and David Campisi and said a great Australian union and I have no idea what that ad is referring to. <laughs> no. Anyway, David, we'll back off. There's the beautiful game, the sloppy game and then... There's the Rugby League. One thing I did notice was, of course, the return of Sam, uh, sorry, uh, Sam Kerr. Yes. The calf, calf and okay. all. Calf and all. Calf running around. Um, every time she moved, the crowd cheered. 
Can I just say, Billy Knowles' handwork was not evident in that calf, and no. I think that the rugby league player should take a leaf out of Sam's book. Exactly. Now she kept threatening, and then she was warming up, and then she took off her top to put on a proper game top. And all the time, we kept going to ads when there was a break. And guess what the ad was? A Rexona ad saying, you can run for 48 hours like Sam, and with Sam running and not sweating. I'm thinking, really? <laughs> really? It, was, it was amusing to hear Heather, one of the uh, commentators in the post-match rap, uh, being interviewed by Bruce and um, special and she said you know the great thing about Sam Curry in this tournament she's been flying under the radar <laughs> and even McAvaney goes what? Flying under the radar? <laughs> I can't look without seeing Kerr's calf Am I right in saying he's the only bloke on the panel? Uh, well, You can't answer that can you? In, uh, visibly but uh, the commentary seems to be skewed reasonably male I think Right. David Bashir got himself in a little bit of okay. commentary about uh, things earlier in the tournament. Talking of soccer, Donald Trump actually watched the American team. Well, this is the thing, Stephen, is, is I've actually worked out um, what the problem is with the West Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, and the cultural adjustment they need to make based yeah. on this really yeah. heartwarming yeah. Uh, tweet. And it probably isn't, what is it now? Is it an X? Or, it is an X. And he's got Officially his own X. account. Yes. So I don't know what it is when you do it on your own account, which is neither X or Twitter or whatever. But and I won't do the accent. Chris, except, he's a disruptor. <laughs> uh, and I, I won't do the accent except for the end. Uh, the shocking and totally unexpected loss by the U.S. women's soccer team to Sweden is fully emblematic. It is what is happening to he our. He said that that word. Yes, huh. uh, of what is happening to our once great nation under crooked Joe Biden. Crooked Joe Biden. Yeah. So I would just is ins- that not defamation? I would insert the shocking and totally unexpected loss by the West Tigers to Canberra. Yeah, right. Is fully emblematic of what is happening to our once great nation under crooked Anthony Albanese. Right. Many of our players were openly hostile to America. Yep. Read Australia. How are they hostile? <laughs> well, are they singing the anthem? <laughs> well, exactly. Sinead O'Connor style. <laughs> That's right. Um, in fact, I think the entire women's uh, football team for the US were seen ripping up pictures of the... No. Uh, <laughs> burning, burning effigies of <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> and, and actually waving flags with Mike Pence on them because yeah. he's the good guy. Yeah. Uh, no other country behaved in such a manner or even close. And then in capitals, woke equals failure. Woke so, equals failure. That's like um, um, go broke, woke, etc. Yeah? yeah, right. And if you go on the West Tigers website, they're talking about diversity and inclusion oh, and no, respect. Not, are they and no wonder they're losing. Yeah, yeah. And then in re- reference to the great... Me- Megan Rapinoe, nice shot, Megan. The USA is going to hell. Make America great again. Right. Mm. Wow. Now, where does Manny sit in all this? <laughs> <laughs> With that pride jumper. No wonder they're half losing, half winning. I think we should explore that further at some stage, Stephen. But I'll tell you this. The yeah. really interesting thing about last week's round compared to our opening credits is South Sydney slumped to eight right, on the ladder. Right. They're lost to the Sharks. Now, interesting that... Who is, a, who is a similar person? We often go to Sky News or 2GB, any of those sort of what I would call conservative end of the spectrum media outlets that uh, have a similar person to Donald Trump. But is Gus Gould filling in that role recently? Well, this is the thing, right? Is, is he stepping up to that? Or is, is, it, or, or is it Big Gordy? We, we, we do like to think that the greatest game of all is where it's all happening, right? But we are in a global war for talent. You identified it when you were watching the Matildas last night. Yeah. And look at what Trump has been able to add to the football dialogue. And as someone who's got motivation about uh, achieving some social justice... I mean, I'm going to get a platform where if I can get Trump tweeting about me, right, I'm actually going to do something. Isn't that a worldwide actual thing, getting Trump to tweet or respond to your tweet? <laughs> right, that's or how. banning you? That's how you make difference. So if I'm uh, a young kid looking to make a difference, and which sport am I going to choose? Yeah. i got Trump on the one hand tweeting about football or soccer, depending on what your religion is. Yeah. By way of contrast, and let's face it, last week was pretty much Gus Gould versus the world. Right. Right, and... 
you want to talk conspiracy theories. Is he unhappy? Well... Can we get the imperfects involved? (laughs) Can we get the coach whisperer? He needs... Well, no. Anthony Robbins. He needs some... some Dalai Lama. He needs some Ubuntu and Van Kylenberg in his life, right? (laughs) Okay. And so so over the last couple of weeks, Gus has been heard about saying, I'm concerned that Brisbane doesn't have the defensive capability to win the premiership. Chris. Well, (laughs) he's at that that age. He's gone through a major body change. Don't underestimate the body. Yep. it, It... Pushes back, Stephen. He'll complain. Yeah. Uh, and then it was last week, it was around, well, Latrell Mitchell hasn't done it on the big stage. And I genuinely believe that he meant to say with Souths because yes. in the three years that Latrell has been there, they made one grand final when Latrell was suspended because so of the Joey So not a lot of big stages, is that what you're saying? And two preliminary final losses. Yes. And so, of course, Blake Solly, it's tiresome, it's inappropriate. And the conspiracy theories are either... Gus has a vendetta against the Broncos and South. Yes, doesn't that makes sense? Yeah, <laughs> Gus is actually trying to motivate those teams yeah. so they can yeah. um, go up and beat Penrith because he feels it's too long since he was involved in Penrith's success. He's still not getting credit, yeah. and he's deflecting. Yeah. In other words, Gus has you know got a can, huge agenda. Can I just add something here? If you're running out on Belmore Oval with the trains running by and the balls get, getting lost on the tracks, and you're looking at Allianz. <laughs> <laughs> or even a core, yes. you know, you're going to think, well, hang on a second, hang on. But surely, I'm going to say it, Chris, surely Canary Bankstown are over the cap. <laughs> surely. <laughs> well, if you think that Crichton's going there next year. Everybody's it, going there. And if Payne Haas turns up, Everybody's Steve, going there. So he's deflecting, right? Yeah, yeah deflecting, of course. The, right. other, the other crazy uh, lunatic fringe theory about Gus's things is he's just got an opinion. But anyway. <laughs> but Don't tell me he's the most intelligent man, the smartest man in rugby league. Don't tell me that, please. By some measure. Yeah. But when he tweets, this is all you get. Now, remember what we just read from Trump. I mean, yes. It was, yeah. can I say, pres- eloquent, presidential, yes. encompassing, what influencing. Uh, in responding to a punter on Twitter who questioned the form of Wade Graham, yes. it's better to be thought of a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Take a hike, dipshit. Dipshit. Hmm. What about a knucklehead? <laughs> what about a dead shit? Pelican. Pelican. <laughs> uh, or just a straight out, you idiot. And of course, Buzz Rothfield, who is well known for his love of Gus Gould. Right. So uh, they're keeping inventory. That's the 29th person he's referred to as a dipshit on Twitter. And, and can I go back to our, our uh, you know, our slogan here? There's no way in the world that Gus is woke. No, and so what, therefore, why is he failing? And, uh, uh, and he is failing. Yeah. Canary Banks, where are they? Third from the bottom. Correct. Yeah. And and he is really not seeing the big picture because it should finish. Take a height, dipshit. Yeah. Hashtag MCGA. Yeah. Make Canterbury great again. Make Canterbury great again. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, uh, you know, we used to have the shame file here. Yes. It just came up in one of our feeds recently about Donnie McKinnon. Yes. Now, okay. Now, there's a great picture, Donnie McKinney, and I don't know why, but everybody that wants to urinate in rugby league in a public space, they do it at Lang Park. There's something about the grass there, or the or the climate. I don't know. I'm no um, geological, geographical expert, fact, but it might have something to do with the ley lines. The ley lines. Yeah, yeah. Or is it is this getting back to um, Faustian bargains and whatnot? Or some sort of magnetic resonance? Yeah, okay, you know, right. convergence. Yes, yes. That I used to find that when I was shopping for records. Yeah. Like <laughs> I automatically had a strong urge to urinate when I was shopping <laughs> for records, which I mean I had to be focused as I was yeah. going through the racks. <laughs> 
That's funny, Chris. <laughs> well, it's true. And I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised. We would invite viewer response on this one. Listen response. <laughs> Where do you go to where you suddenly go, oh, Jesus, I've got to go to the bathroom? Right. And I would have thought Lang Park, a.k.a. Cycle Stadium, is now, in that category. Now, generally speaking, most men think public urination is fair enough if you do it discreetly and you have to go, right? Women don't comply to that one at all. I know that. But uh, Donnie McKinnon famously just went, look, I didn't have enough time to get off the field and come back in. And how do you ask the referee? Sir, 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 you put your hand up. What's the, what's the deal? What's the protocol? Well, in those days, I think if you're off, you're off, yeah. right? And we didn't have the interchange. And, I mean, they have HIA interchanges for injury and penalty and things like that. There should be a comfort interchange. That should be part of it. Or, or, or you know, a hessian shed. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the, the desire to urinate is often associated with nerves, Stephen. And right. it was... Was Donnie ve- McKinnon Yeah, he was representing Manly Warringah, but it was the very first game of the soon-to-be... Um, uh, not star cross, but absolutely uh, adored franchise of the Brisbane Broncos. So he realised. Yeah, but it was 1988. In 82, was Dally and Prop of the Year, played for Australia and New South Wales. I mean, he was already pretty experienced at everything rugby league, Chris. Yes, but you, you looked across, Stephen, yes. and you saw on the coach's bench, Wayne yes. Bennett, yeah. you saw the great Wally Lewis. Mate, he do very well. Yes. We're hoping he's going to do well in his current circumstances. Alfie Langer. Uh, the likes uh, coming down like Gene Miles, people of this ilk, Stephen, and um, I would, I'd probably want to take a whiz myself. Yeah, look, other luminaries have done the same thing at Lang Park. Russell Packer, who could forget the way he spread his legs and did that? <laughs> and then John Elias, of course. Well. Colourful, colourful men in rugby league, no doubt about it. It says here, I'm just reading from an article from the time, while Stone, the referee, blew his whistle and Madison set up the sandcastle for the kick. The sandcastle, remember oh, that? Exactly. Nostalgia, I'm weeping. Like a grand final sprint, <laughs> Stephen, right. at half-time. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the full-time entertainment or the half-time entertainment. Big Donnie, who had clearly had one too many waters before then, couldn't go off the ground to visit the porcelain throne. Now, there's a phrase you haven't <laughs> heard since Barry McKenzie. An Atlantis debut present that had hardly anyone have forgotten since. Players have been documented, supposedly going for a slash off the field. John Lyson, okay, right, da, 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 da. and Russell Packer, who could forget. Uh, it was an absolute helicopter that hit the crossbar, the kick. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, for all to see. And what was his response, Chris? In what sense? Well, his bits weren't visible. Well, that was what I was going to say. Uh, he said at least uh, none of the, the wedding tackle was visible. <laughs> no, didn't and, wedding tackle. And, <laughs> and this has been the issue. If we go back and review the footage of on-field urination. Yes, I haven't seen a penis in any of them, Stephen. And I mean, is it is it one of the great last yeah. taboos yeah, yeah, yeah. of a rugby league player who what, look? Given that we've only got Gus Gould to tweet on our behalf, yes. If you really want to make, if you want to get on global TV, you've yeah. either got to do um, like the Nathan Fien above the head falling over pass, or you've got yeah. to do a hit like a Jorge Tafua. Yes. If you took a whiz out and proud, Stephen, yeah, yes, you'd yeah. be on Nate Wires yeah. all around the world. I call on the current rugby league yes. players. They do. And like the climate change activists, you pick your best time. You stand out the national anthem, yeah. camera's sliding right past you, yeah. boom. Yeah, it, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Gold Coast versus North Queensland because no, 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 who's no. watching, right? No, no. Big marquee game. Yes, that's right. right. And, 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 just- and maybe you just stretch a little bit so people go, what's he doing out there, you know? Just draw a bit of attention to yourself, you know? And make a statement. And then you put up your, you know, your protest flag. Terrific. Terrific. It'll be absolutely wonderful. We are fired up back in just a moment. So 
There we go. That's fire up. And yeah, look, I'm happier now, Chris. I've got that out of my system. Um, wellness is kicking in. I'm going to call my guru straight after this and the whisperer and uh, set my head straight. Uh, I'm okay. That's good to hear, Stephen. Uh, our producer, Mash, was suggesting you might have had a run-in with uh, Constable Don McKinnon at some stage. Constable. Why does that make sense? Yeah, no, uh, I, think, uh, I think it was Bumper Farrell. Or was it? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't... Darlinghurst Police Station. And it wasn't a public urination offence, was no, it? No, no, no. Okay. Did you know I actually ended up in a police station with a bag with a gun in it? <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? No. I accidentally picked up a bag exactly the same as mine behind the cashier's desk at a venue in McClay Street. Right. Next morning, woke up and put my hand in the bag and went, oh my God, what is in that bag? It's a gun. And went to the police station and they, and they tried to pin it on me. <laughs> Well, said, you were yeah. in possession of it, nine-tenths of the law. And what were we talking here, Glock, Smith & Wesson? What was it? I, I wouldn't know, Chris. And was it loaded? I don't know, Chris. I did not go through it. And, and, uh, have at you any, ever held a gun? At any point... Uh, look, I think when I was in Greenland, I might have uh, handled our uh, lead dri- uh, Husky driver's rifle at one stage. Right, yeah. right. Never fired one. Yes. And, and um, this gun that you picked up in the bag, uh, at any point when you went into the convenience store... Were you in possession of that gun prior to going to the police station, Stephen? No, straight from home to the police station. And they realised it was obviously an off-duty cop who left it in the bag. Yes, I'd like to pursue this line of questioning (laughs) off-air. But um, just quickly, Stephen, I want to give a shout-out. Yes, go for it. Uh, I was at uh, a gig at the Lansdowne the week before last. The three-piece band from California, Automatic, was playing. They were out supporting the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And Trent came up and said how much he enjoys the show. And I just want to say, Trent, really appreciated the feedback. We love that you're listening. And we want everybody to get the word out to listen. You'll find us on Facebook at Fire Up Rugby League, on Twitter at Fire Up NRL. We've got our Blowing Up Deluxe chat going and so forth. Please spread the word. But Trent... Cheers to you, mate. All right. Now, another uh, another statement from a great Queenslander. We got that here with us, Chris? Yes. Well, um, the, the game is going west, Stephen, and um, we're not going to play the Pet Shop Boys or indeed the original <laughs> village people. But uh, as what turned out to be quite prescient because they've announced Origin Games in the latter half of this decade yep. going back to Perth, which is good for you because I know you like going on that trip. Yeah, except it's not a rectangular field, Chris. No, no. It's a bit like the old girl as we experienced. It's huge. Yeah, couldn't see anything in Roosters <laughs> yeah. v Manly last Thursday. Thank you, Stephen Gray. Uh, but the there was a doubleheader yes. uh, where the Dolphins took on the Newcastle Knights, followed by the South Sydney Rabbitohs getting towelled up yep. by the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Now, after the first game, there's the traditional press conference. No players, of course, because no. of the dispute. Right. And there was an opportunity for one journalist who didn't hey, go hang to on. watch. This is not the first time we've this has happened where nobody nobody turns up. With Jamie Soward, Jamie no one Soward. turned up. Admittedly, that was a different competition. And out of decency, an AOP journalist turned up because everyone else was watching the main fixture yes. to interview the great super coach himself. Okay. And just looking at today as a whole, where do you think were the areas that let you down? You didn't watch the game? I, I watched the game. And you can write about it. Yeah. But just from your opinion? I don't want to share it with you. No. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's just my opinion. I'm hmm. not really interested in sharing it. And do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> so... And he was a punk, Justin Chadwick. He had uh, dreadlocks down to his ass. Now, yeah. there was Wayne Bennett, who doesn't like a, a, a... He likes a decent, straight-up 1950s haircut, doesn't he, Chris? He looks like he was a member of Pop Will Eat Itself, Stephen. Yes. And no, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I love Pop Will Eat Itself. But he, he's got every a... He- second reggae band you've ever seen. That's right. He's got a hairstyle that was uh, described as crusty in right. the early 90s. Crusty! <laughs> uh, but he's an AOP journo. He's, yeah. he's experienced. He's got a lot of experience. If you have the time, and who does... Yeah. 
The entire press conference goes for two minutes and 20 seconds yes. where Wayne just bricked. You recommend going back and it, looking at it. It's very entertaining. Uh, now, you admire the kid's persistence. The interesting thing is... The kid, he's definitely woke though, isn't he? It, well, yeah, and, and I mean, you know Wayne doesn't like hair. Yeah, like he really no. expects a nice conservative haircut. Yeah. So Wayne would have been motivated by the hair, but what I detected, Stephen, was Wayne was actually... Because re- you know he's a player's coach, right? Yeah, yeah. And what he was doing was reaching out to the players saying, I stand with you in the RLPA-NRL dispute. Is that right? And because you're refusing to speak to the media, I'm going to go and uh, have a press conference yeah. and refuse to speak to the media. So it wasn't just about the haircut because we all know like Montgomery Burns, he just sends the players home or back to the hairdresser, right? <laughs> Get, Get a proper burns. haircut. Yeah. You know, just shave it, you're going to shave it, shave it properly. That's, that's, that's right. And I tell you what, Justin's learned. Yeah. Um, when the next time the Dolphins or whoever Wayne deigns to coach in the future turns up, yes. he'll be there short back and sides. Yes. And can I just make a suggestion to dear Wayne? <laughs> just grow up. You know, Imagine if you went to a restaurant, Chris, and you looked at the menu and you, you looked at the way and you said, uh, any specials? What should I look for on the menu? He says, you, you got a menu, haven't you? Read it yourself. You'd go, gee, that's a bit rude. I'm going to walk out of here. John Cleese was in town last weekend, Stephen. <laughs> I, see, I missed him. And, and there was some talk that he's rebooting Faulty Towers. Yeah. He's certainly rebooting Woke. Right. Well, <laughs> it, it's an unholy alliance between Donald Trump and John Cleese in some regards. Right. But why doesn't he do a sequel to Faulty Towers based on Wayne Bennett? They are. <laughs> they are doing a sequel. Remember the whole world erupted like, really? Do you want to do that? You sure you want to do that? <laughs> and, of course, Brayton Astor on NRL 360 last night was kind of going, oh, it's theatre, good on Wayne, um, stuff the journos, because he is the personification of conflict of interest, Stephen. Because he, we know the players detest the media, so he wants to show that he's with the players. Yes. We know that he is media, yeah. so he's got to show media. Um, we know that he's a player agent, so he's got to represent that. And you can oh, actually oh, see... He's reeling. You can see sort of braced fabric being torn apart yeah, by the conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, whereas Wayne, just very steady, certain yeah. in himself. Yeah, yeah. You watched the game. Uh, which game? Well, North Queensland. Exciting news, Chris. More Queensland weird stuff going on. Oh, yes. And it didn't come from Melbourne. That's the exciting thing. They apparently introduced a brand new tackle into rugby league. The, the sc- first of the year. Scorpion. The Scorpion. Now, can you describe how it goes? So the Scorpion is a wrestling move popularised by hitman Bret Hart. Right. And basically you get your opponent on their front. On their front, yes. And uh, someone sort of ties up the upper body so it's kind of bending up a little bit. Right. And then you grab the back legs and fold and them so the heels we go to the buttocks. To, we used to do that as a school schoolboys, but we used to put our foot in between the knee. So you're basically trying to break the leg as it's coming over. Yes, it looks like a scorpion. Yeah, and so good thing. To me, that move just recognised you had a, a pretty lucky Saturday night. But um, <laughs> this is the new blight on the game, which is based on a huge sample set, which is one tackle. Right. And uh, Brent Reid was... So it's yeah. only made appear- yeah. one, one appearance. Yeah, and it was affected by uh, Cohen Hess, or Rocky Look, Horror, as I like to refer you, to him. As you know, uh, I applaud good football players, yes. and uh, that's why I applaud Penrith. Now, Reese Walsh, it's not just me, Chris. He's he's deemed a one a player in a, in in a, in a generation skills. They did it to him. We think he's what Barishnikov and Uraev. Yeah. But what would that do to his feet? Uh, well, it. <laughs> Cohen, well, they, Cohen Hess. They, they, they have said you can't. Shame. You can't run without feet, feet, no, knees, no, or ankles. No, Stephen. you can't. Yeah. So it's going towards that. And and by the way, and I might have mentioned this before. I love Spud Carroll. He's just terrific. But he's still peddling out the beautiful eyes joke about Reese Walsh. About 18 months after it right. hit its use by date. So it's nice to see an emphasis off Reese's eyes and eyebrows, right. eyebrows and on his lower He's limbs. He's a very attractive man. 
Uh, Spud, I agree. Yeah, terrific. <laughs> yes, very. And did you see that when he was when Spud raised his hands to the sky after scoring a try on the weekend? No, that was Reese. <laughs> oh, that was Reese. Yeah, right. um, beautifully reaching out to his uh, sadly departed uncle. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, just speaking of that conflict that people are experiencing, Stephen <laughs> Braith being an example of it. Uh, Gordon Tallis retracted last night on 360. His inference about now, salary whoa, cap whoa, 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 let's back. Another, another crazy, crazy Queenslander, right? Yeah, that's right. I like something in the water up there. Have you heard about the, the fire ants that are heading south? Oh, it's, right, a, with, it's a plague. With the cane toads. With the cane toads. Hasn't that settled down? Like, weren't were we absolutely guaranteed that we were, you know, you know, Waitara and, and uh, Artaman and Gordon well, were going to be overrun were by cane toads? That's so close. That's right. Get out your rifles. What happened to them? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> now it's fire ants. Now it's fire ants. Now, you know, Gordy going a little bit feral maybe or just being stirred. Maybe he's just a, just a, a good journal and he's stirring the pot of discussion. Well, it's tough for Gordy because he's a player yeah. and he's an ambassador. Yeah. As we know, he's doing great work with Caroline yeah. Kennedy in yes. the uh, AUKUS situation. And he's also now a member of the media. Thrust! Into the spotlight by the enforced absence of Paul Kent. Okay, he's not. And, a, he's not in the National Party, is he? No. And no. look, I've had a bit to do with Gordy. I just think he's a people pleaser. A people pleaser. And so, what he wanted to say to uh, people who, on the evolutionary rub of the green, theory, I know why you're supporting this because you hate Penrith. Well, that uh, one. Yeah. And two, because of the rub of the green evolutionary theory about yeah, lower yeah. teams, yeah. what he was wanting to say to fans of the Tigers yeah. is that you're always not going to win because you don't cheat. Right. And, and those, therefore... those guys, what, like Penrith, the Panthers, mm. you know, they're on the make. Look, when... when funny enough, when uh, the Roosters were accused of uh, rotting the, the cap... When, when was that? The som- Sombrero. The what? Know, they, the, the what? Yeah, yeah, the Sombrero. Uh, now, Melbourne, of course, were accused and were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitively. As was Canterbury Bankstown. Hello, Melbourne. 25 years of shame. Talk, talk about MCAG. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's enough chat about the 2002... Hang on, MCAG, what's that stand Make for? Canterbury great again. So it's <laughs> MCGA, I should say. Um, there's not enough chat about the cheating Canterbury Bulldogs back in 2002, Stephen. Right, right. Now, if Penrith were accused of loading up under the cap or you know, having a, a bigger cap than somebody else and they talk about the sombrero, what would be Penrith's cap that they'd be wearing, Chris? They'd be wearing hoodies, Stephen. Hoodies. Hoodies stuffed with cap. If, if Jerome Luai pull or Brian Toto or Stephen Crichton pull their hoodie on, they'd just be showered yes. in golden the, pineapples the, and the, lobsters. You can't get too much cash in the Kangol, but you can no. get it in, in the in the... The hoodie, correct. And look, I or the baseball cap, right? The hoodie, the hoodie's got a bit of volume to it, right? And right. particularly if you if you if you go into the shop and go, I want a, a hoodie. Uh, what size would you like, sir? He goes, give me the Safa Solomona. Right, right. Then you get some serious coin in there. But I want to say, and I appreciate what Gordy did, because we are suffering and we're you know turning the wellness industry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes. But I don't think Penrith's cheating the salary cap, Stephen. I do not. Look how many players they lost. I think they're complying. I just think that Ivan Cleary sold his soul and he's the reaping the short-term benefits. We can't even see what the devil's doing. We just know he's up to no good. <laughs> we know he's up to no, no good. No. Now, on, on Melbourne, you know, and on those two trophies that were taken away that they recreated at a cost of, some say twenty, some say $25,000 for the celebration. Each. Against each, against Parramatta, who were the team that were the recipients of one of the cheating years. 2009, correct. correct. Now, now, okay, apparently you're allowed to take the copyright, the licence, etc., of a product like that and reproduce it without permission, apparently. So Terry Bull put on uh, our uh, socials a picture of the trophy as an asterisk. Yes. And that was out of respect yep. for the fact that the Melbourne... year. And that Melbourne showed no respect no, by making exact replicas of yep. the... Um, well, they all want to call it the Proven Summons Trophy, but I think it should rotate. Yeah. You know, good Westman should be Summons Proven Trophy occasionally. So 
surely Norm Proven and Arthur Summons will be twirling somewhere. Well, this is the problem, Sue. Surely they'd be upset, Chris. Surely uh, they got rights to this. This is what this is really what the RLPA dispute is all about. It's mm. the the fact that great players, immortals like Norm Proven and greats like Arthur Summons were blissfully unaware of the intellectual property rights they had in their image back in the day. No, that's right. Funny that. And the (laughs) yeah, I mean, for example, in the modern game, there's no way that they would have stood there with mud all over their faces because no one could recognise them. They would have washed down immediately because they'd be reaping coin out of the exploitation of their own images. And the fact that the the Melbourne Storms has capriciously reproduced their image without compensation to either family is a disgrace. They're both Sydney siders too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just like they cop the ACDC lane, they just take what they want. Now, Chris... But, but there's karma. There is karma. And uh, gee whiz, it was good seeing Penrith win. <laughs> Comprehensively. Now, now, Chris, I want to find it uh, on a happy note. Well, I mean, if we just want to... Don't we just quickly want to explore the karma that the Storms experienced in that game? Tell me. Uh, oh, of course, the send-off. Yes. <laughs> the send-off of the week. Let's hear it. Jerry, Get off. Back in I won't cop it. Get off. Was Ryan trying to wee on the field? What, what was he doing wrong? He just verbal the referee, he, right? What a trainer verbal the ref. Yeah, and, and Adam, <laughs> they got a hide, they? Adam G gave him what for. And I mean, for those people who used to absolutely um, put about put their hands up at the uh, at the ruck, yes. put their hands up when uh, Alfie Langer or Jeff Tuvey were playing their on trades the field, as the yes, 14th yes. player. Yeah. It was lovely to see a trainer being dismissed by Adam G. The thing that annoyed me, and we just missed on the on the audio there was Billy Slater going, Ryan Hinchcliffe, and went a good player in his time. Typical Melbourne. Typical. Trying to spin. Just, and support when they do wrong. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's the first crack yeah, yeah. in the karmic wall yeah. that sees the storms yeah. finally yeah. get payback for having Cameron Smith become the devil all those years ago. And, and what about when uh, Bellamy retires and, and, and Jaime takes over, <laughs> right? Then the biggest crack you'll see will show. Oh, that's right. right. Now, Chris, um, Vossi yes. on the fan, I, was he talking to Joey Johns? I missed this. No, Joey Johns, I love Joey Johns because he absolutely understands rugby league, but he doesn't follow the game at all. No, right? no, and, no. And, and okay. So, so when he gets to write his column, as I know he does yeah. for the Nine Press, yeah. he has to uh, open up his sources. Sometimes it's a little rough around the edges, like in relation to Tommy Flegler, who blew a couple of tries for the Broncos on the weekend. Did um, he stop them, though? Yeah, he, he opined last week he loved Tom Flegler's nickname. It always puts a smile on his face. Tell us. The Banana Farmer from Tully. Rolls off the tongue. I think it's a Nick phrase rather than phrase, a nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So he's, always, farmer, yeah. so he's always a little bit on the run in terms of material. Now, Vossi on the fan said things I'd like to bring back. Yeah. The Sandcastle for the, for the kick, kick for goal. Yeah. The halftime grand final sprint between the club representatives as part of the halftime. And I say to you, Chris, you come up with all these reasons why it won't happen, why it can't happen. They're just footy players who run anyway. Surely they can come from their holiday break, pay them a few dollars, get you know uh, one of those energy drinks involved, and boom, you got a big kettle of money, and the fans would love it. Fastest man in rugby league. Well, the footage they showed at the SCG, and I know it was one by the Balmain representative. Yeah. And the only name I recognised was Tony Chalmers, who ended up in uh, played for Balmain and Parramatta, yep. ended up in television. Um, generally, there are no names, but 
the problem these this days, Stephen, is, e- is exactly the same problem we were alluding to before, the mm. NRL-RLPA dispute. Right. What's what? the clause that says, what do you get paid if you go on the race? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The RLPA clause says, no player on our watch shall ever be made to perform in a halftime sprint going forward. <laughs> Fact. For fear of injury, yeah, dot, no, dot, dot. Now, you might say, well, yeah, funny mascot costumes. No, this is a, this is a fair income athletic race, and everybody goes, Josh Adokar, of course. You well, know? Or Reese Walsh, they reckon is the, not the fastest, but the quickest man. I don't know what the difference is. I can explain it. Okay. Roger Fabry, the sprint coach. Yeah. Over 20 metres, he's unbackable, but his poor technique means over 100 metres he gets run ah, down. Ah, yes, it is. But you've got Jason Saab, yes, you've got Xavier Coates, you've yeah, got all sorts of yeah, options. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm tired of seeing the footage yeah. of Odin Ryan versus Chariots of Fire yes. in the two-person <laughs> thing. There should be a knockout. Yeah, yeah. That would be great, and we need a modern version still. Oh, and what music, Chris, would you suggest? Uh, well, I wouldn't suggest Chariots of Fire. <laughs> no, that's a slow song. Uh, what about The Chase by Yellow? Ooh, yeah. absolutely. Terrific. Or, or what, what about, would you think electronic or would you think rock? Well, I also thought, was, was there a, Georgia Moroda do a song called The Chase he from did. Midnight Express? He did, yeah. You just do a chase medley. Medley? All over in, what, 12 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> six seconds of one, six seconds. And then it, it sort of begs itself, it, it answers itself as each of the competitors comes up yep. in the various rounds, right? And because the whole thing is over so quickly, yeah. you just hear Queen flash, ah, and then they I tell you what, get we, ready. How many runners do you reckon? Eight? Ten? Twelve? Well, I think there are 16 teams, Stephen. 16? 17 teams. So I reckon those 16 nominate their own favourite record and we make a medley of all of those. Perfect. Okay. And so it's less than half a second each. Yeah. And then you can imagine... The <laughs> and even just the inequity of sport, the unfairness of it, yeah. uh, the fact that woke meets failure, how great would it be see that all the 17 competitors gather around, they do the draw, and the one who misses out doesn't get to race? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now, finally on the grand final, Chris, big news apparently that the AFL had signed up Crowded House, or so they thought. Uh-huh. And Crowded House has said, no, nope, we're not going to do it because you're going to position us in the wrong place. We're not going to be disrespected that way. There are rumours, of course, that NRL is mucking up the waters a little bit. They say no. So you're saying that they're making a counter bid for Crowded House? Potentially. Or, of course, Kiss have put their hand up. Said, we'll come early and we'll do it. Have they really? Yeah. That'd be outstanding. <laughs> Uh, because I'm missing the final show because I'll be away. But just, what, where were they intending to put Crowded House, like out in the car park or something? Well, what was there, the issue? There are two ways of doing it. If you want to do it sort of so you, it's easy, like Cold Chisel at the uh, the Acor Stadium, they st- stuff them up against the fans at behind the goalpost right. and everybody then watches the screen. Right. Whereas with Robbie Williams last year, brilliant performance right in the middle of the ground on display for all to see. Well, that's where the likes of Finn and Seymour should be positioned. Exactly, there. yeah. I actually, I actually heard the other thing was when they were getting into the nitty-gritty and Tim Finn said, sorry, Tim Finn, Neil Finn said, <laughs> no, Tim Finn was in the band around Woodface, right? He did fill in, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Neil said, okay, so which songs from our last three albums do you want us to play? And um, the AFL said, no, 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 no. We're going right back to the early material. Yeah. <laughs> We're not getting into this new stuff. No one knows what it is. Don't try that on us. No, no, no. Yeah. Okie dokie. Well, um, we look forward to that eventual entertainment package being announced. Chris, thank you very much for, for well, keeping me calm today. That's all right, Stephen. The rub of the green means we're destined for where we are right now. Right. And we need to look further afield, a la Ivan Cleary, to find a future pathway to success for both our clubs. Wonderful. See you next week. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!